from DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts, this is the Super Flex Super Show. Your main source for strategy, speculation, player values, and all things Super Flex. With innovative strategies like QBX and the Super Flex Flywheel, exercises like Tinder Flex, Super Six, You're Nuts, and next week this week, the Super Show's Super Friends never lack the content you need to help you draft and manage your roster in the fastest-growing fantasy football format, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. Enjoy your DLF podcast and stay sexy and super flexy. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yes, it is the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am Dan, that's Matt. Over there is Ryan, and we are on episode 520 of this great podcast. We got some fun stuff to do. On this episode, we're going to talk trade targets. We're going to talk about startup drafts. We got uh, a little bit of news to get to, but first, let's talk to Ryan and Matt. Ryan, how's it going, bud? Going pretty well over here. Ready to uh, talk Dynasty for another week. Yeah, for another week, for for another week of off season news, if you can call it that. <laughs> you know, the biggest yeah. biggest news of the week is a veteran receiver signing a short extension. Uh, that we'll get to that. Matt, how about you? What's up, dude? Doing pretty well. We started the uh, Red List 3 rookie auction this morning. Uh, I said I wasn't going to join any more leagues, but I uh, joined John Bosch's Threave League. Um, that's going to get going here pretty soon. So uh, we're getting into into the end of rookie draft season, the start of new startup season, and you know a couple of months of probably not a whole lot of news that we're going to have to come up with topics to, to chat about. If if you want to stay out of joining new leagues, you should probably stop talking to Bob. <laughs> you know, he's just got too many good ideas, right? This one is is interesting. It's I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but it's three divisions, fifteen teams each, and there's three copies of each player. Uh, but one is a Devi, one is a rookie, and one is the sophomore. So there'll be three auctions every year: uh, one Devi, one rookie, one sophomore auction. In addition to the startup, so. Uh, and it's a bankroll. It's a bankroll. No, I'm too. not. I'm not familiar with it, Matt. And I don't want to get more familiar because <laughs> hey, that's how you get sucked in. I got a that co. Does sound super interesting. I got a co-owner spot ready for ready for you, Dan. Just, just come on over, saddle up. <laughs> All right, we better get to the show before I accept. The startup. I mentioned it at the top. Some light news: Hunter Renfro signs that two-year extension. With the Raiders, $21 million guaranteed. Of course, Renfro, 108 catches, over 1,000 yards, and nine scores in 2021. Finished the season as a fringe wide receiver one for us as dynasty managers, fantasy players everywhere, uh, winning titles because of Hunter Renfro, really. Um, we, we had him slotted in as a wide receiver four, wide receiver five, wide receiver six on our rosters coming into last season, and he put up big-time wide receiver two-type numbers week in and week out. There's been some concern, Ryan, that maybe with Devontae coming over from Green Bay and, and all his slot reps that he had with the Packers, that that might dig into Renfro. But, 
But the reports this week said that Adams played almost exclusively on the outside in OTAs. So there's there's probably a conversation to be had here. What expectations should be? Has anything changed for you seeing that news about Devontae playing uh, outside the numbers and not getting opportunities in the slot? And does that help you feel a little bit better about Renfro having another strong season in 2022? Uh, I mean, it certainly doesn't hurt when you're talking specifically about uh, about Hunter Renfro. Um, and really overall, as, as I kind of dig into the numbers, especially after we saw that contract, I've tried to look at the situation a little bit more. Uh, Renfro was, he was simply better last year than, than I thought he was, you know, even I had him on a couple teams and obviously was, was watching the games and, and all the results from week to week. But really when you look back big picture, it, it was even a better season than, uh, at least I gave him credit for and, you know, looking at his value, his ADP, his trade value and everything, probably than most of the dynasty community has given him credit for. Um, you know, I, I kind of looked and at that situation as a, you know, as, and kind of threw a blanket on, on Renfro and Darren Waller missed a lot of time. But when you look at the numbers, Waller, I think, missed, uh, missed six games. The numbers for, for Hunter Renfro were not that different in the games when, when Waller was in the lineup versus when he was out. Uh, obviously, a slight improvement across the board, uh, but overall, not a huge difference. So, and, and, of course, Devontae Adams coming in to that, to that uh, team and to that roster is going to change some things. But I think if, if, you just, or if you're just trying to carry forward last year's numbers – uh, Devontae Adams is going to see a bigger dent than Hunter Renfro will. Yeah, it feels that way to me too. And and maybe maybe there's it's a little bit of give and take both ways. I think most dynasty players would be really shocked if he repeated those nine touchdowns. That's going to yeah. be really difficult, especially with an alpha receiver like Adams uh, available to Derek Carr when you're down there in the red zone. So so Matt, w- when you look at this situation and the Adams side of this. Um, if he, if he, if he's not regularly lined up in the slot where he can use that quick release to get open immediately at the line of scrimmage that we saw so many times in green Bay, how much does that affect his dynasty value and really a fan his, his entire fantasy appeal in the short term? I, I think he's being a little bit overvalued in terms of dynasty. You know, we saw him go up, I think to the 12th pick. So he's a first round pick again. We t- I think we talked about that last week and that's probably too rich for me, but in terms of production for just this season, I still think he's, he's at the, at the worst. I think he's a low end wide receiver one. It's just the dynasty value is, is a little bit, I think inflated right now. Maybe it's because there's, you know, we get to the end of that first round. We talked about last week how, you know, we want the first four picks in the first round. And, and, and after that, you know, give us a late second round pick, give us a mid second round pick um, just because the, the value doesn't seem to be there for those picks. So in dynasty, I'm, I would actually, I think I prefer to invest in Renfro, to be honest, like you said, I don't think the touchdowns are, are necessarily going to be there at the, at the same clip at nine, you know, give them five, six, something like that. I think that's a little bit more reasonable. Um, but with his ADP in, in June, that's, I don't know if I'm spoiling, things here ryan but and jay you just sent us the june adp and he's he's going off in the the ninth round the 102nd overall player off the board uh that feels like a, a price i'm willing to invest in i could certainly still see him getting close to you know at 90 target 90 to 100 targets he had 128 last year so uh you know if, if both waller and adams play play 
every snap of every game, then maybe he doesn't quite get there. But we know with players miss time all the time. Uh, and uh, I think Renfro can certainly get there. So if we see like an 80 catch, 900 yard, five to six touchdown season, that seems like something I'm willing to invest in in the in the ninth round there. The, the wide receivers going around him are guys like David Bell, uh, you know, John Mechie, the, one of the rookies, Alec Pierce a little bit farther down, the other players there, Russell Wilson at quarterback, Chase Edmonds at running back. So I think that, that ADP is pretty palatable for Renfro. Is it is he a guy you're targeting, though, on the trade market? Because, you know, a lot of us are doing startups. Clearly you are about to, man. Are, <laughs> are you going to go out and try to try to get him in the trade market? At this point, you can't get him for a pair of second round picks or anything like that. You're you're giving up a first. You're giving up a player of equal value, and that's I don't know if it if it's just the stigma of the small, quick slot receiver, or or if it's something else. But I, I'm hesitant to pay something like that. I feel like I I can do better with a first round pick. I can do better with somebody that's worth a first round pick out on the trade market. No, I, I agree. I think that the way, if you're targeting him, it's in a, in a startup situation uh, where you can get him that late. And I looked just for fun. I looked up his redraft ADP and it's in the middle of the sixth round. So people in redraft as they should be, I think should be higher on him than dynasty. Um, but a first round pick is, is too much. I do see one trade in here for the two Oh two this year um, for him, but there are several picks in the trade finder of him going for a, a, a 23 first, a 24 first, Renfro and, and the 208 for Godwin. So wow. I do think his trade value is probably a bit inflated. Um, so if I was going after him, it would be in a startup situation. Ryan, anything to add there? Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised he would go for a first. Uh, I mean, we, we talked a couple weeks ago on the show about the value of a 2023 20, first and obviously the hype of that class. And uh, to see to see that pick traded for Renfro is, is a surprise. Um, we actually were talking about the Raiders and Hunter Renfro on uh, the Locked On Dynasty podcast recently, and and Matt Williamson made the point with, with Josh McDaniels coming over that he still liked Renfro quite a bit, just kind of that history of what we've seen with the Patriots, with those undersized slot receivers. And, and, and maybe that's, you know, maybe that's too simple of a connection, but uh, may, maybe there's something there too. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to dig more into it. That is a that is a fun addition to the offense without adding another player on the field. You know, that's the intrigue of McDaniel's and what he's done, especially with players at the position that Renfro plays. Right? We we've seen it in New England for years. All these similar players, these quick twitch athletes that can get open underneath, be very successful and even put up wide receiver one numbers and. Renfro was nearly doing that with without an offensive play caller that was that was trying to get him those kinds of touches. So uh, McDaniel's adding him to the offense, adding that alpha receiver on the outside. Of course, they have the big tight end in the middle as well. There there are enough. There's plenty of weapons. And as dynasty managers, guys, maybe that is a cause for a little bit of concern because with Derek Carr behind center. Is he the right quarterback to get all these guys enough touches to keep us all happy? I'm not sure about the answer to that, Ryan. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I mean, Carr, Carr's really been the beneficiary of a, a lot of these moves value-wise. He's, you know, it seems like we're we're not sure what to do with Adams. He's a little bit older, and and 
this what everybody's perceiving as a downgrade more more target competition really everything we said last week we're not sure what to do with hunter renfro the same thing we've talked about today but Derek carr seems to be the one that everybody agrees gets gets the bump here and maybe we're overdoing that a little bit i don't think you i think you must have missed the adams news i I, need to see adams said he's just as talented as aaron Rodgers. oh that's right i forgot (laughs) we'll see all that but adam said a few things that would make you raise an eyebrow in those interviews so you know he's got to be he's got to be the new teammate and the you know support his guy and all that stuff and their buddies going way back so i get that but we'll see maybe after adams retires in a few years what the what the real story is with that uh he just can't say it right now let's talk trade yeah let's talk trade guys because uh now's the time of year with with way less news like we were talking about that maybe maybe to create a little bit of fun and, and buzz you go hit the trade market right try to find somebody that can improve your team and I've been doing a little bit of that recently. Of course, Ryan, in your kitchen sink leagues, we have events going on all year long. And right now we're in the Devi portion. But just because you're all active, you're on the site, there, there's a few more trade talks happening because of it. And maybe you have Devi assets that we can trade in that league. So I hope that's happening for everybody that's out there listening right now, that you're creating those opportunities uh, to speak with your league mates and and. Uh, try to try to make something happen for your roster. We're going to try to identify a player that we're trying to trade for before training camp, before we get any more real buzz. There's this light news um, that the cycle that kind of regurgitates every week, and, and we we sift through it for anything that could help us out. I, we're trying to read the tea leaves right now, Ryan, on a player that that we think could could add a lot of dynasty value in the coming months, either for the short term or for the long term. If that, if that describes anybody to you, who would it be? Yeah. I love trying to target Marquise Brown right now. Hollywood Brown. We've already, we've already seen him, I think, uh, gain some value this off season as, um, of course, mostly as a result of that trade from Baltimore to the Cardinals. Uh, but then again, really everything that's happened since then, and, and most notably the suspension for DeAndre Hopkins, uh, is, is just really a game changer for Hollywood Brown. And, you know, I've, I've seen and, and heard some suggest that Brown is not the type that can be a wide receiver one. And, and I get that. I mean, I've definitely had those concerns about, about him and, and his play style and, you know, kind of the hot and cold that we've seen from him. But he was a wide receiver one last year for for much of the year, and uh, and of course that that kind of got derailed with that Lamar Jackson injury. But uh, a year ago he, he was averaging, or last season he was averaging sixteen point four fantasy points with Lamar Jackson in the lineup, uh, and that dropped to nine, uh, just nine fantasy points without Lamar. So um, if we're assuming Kyler Murray is good to go, and I think at this point we are, then I'm I'm pretty excited about. Uh, about Hollywood Brown. We know, as I said, that Hopkins is out of the lineup for at least six weeks. And uh, Graham Barfield, of uh, our buddy from Fantasy Points, dropped a great stat earlier this week on Twitter that uh, just 37% of Marquise Brown's deep targets, that's 20 yards or more in the air, 
were deemed catchable last year. Of course, most of those coming from Lamar Jackson, and that's that's been one of the criticisms of his game over the years. Uh, Kyler Murray led the league in that category. 68% of his deep targets were uh, were considered catchable. Not were caught, but were considered catchable. So uh, another major upgrade in really the, the stat or the category that matters most for Hollywood. And Hollywood, he, he's a guy I considered for this as well. I'm targeting him as well if, it, if you can get your hands on him because he is going to be that number one guy early in the season and, and a surge in um, production early could help him later on when Hopkins returns to that lineup and and you know they they know what they have in the speedster on the outside. It, I was looking at Hollywood's numbers, and like you, Ryan, I, I was thinking to myself that that guy had a had a strong year last year. But uh, and I think that's still true. He, but the the one thing that really um, really resonates with me is it all came early with a running quarter, or a majority of it came early, right? With a with a quarterback that uses his legs to get open, second chance opportunities down the field. And he had those four really big games in the first half of the season where he finished as a wide receiver one. And even, even his down weeks there for a few weeks, he was finishing as a wide receiver two. He had a floor of four or five catches for 60 yards and, and scored nearly every week when Lamar was healthy. Of course, that dropped off dramatically. And now he's now he's in a new situation, but it's really similar when you when you look at it because because of the offense they play in, a lot of downfield throwing, a lot of opportunities down the field. So I love that that selection as well. He's costly though, right? He, he, it's not like you can go grab him from from his manager and, and not give up much. We're giving up a significant piece to go add Hollywood Brown, a guy that that his ADP is in round four. I think if you give up a twenty three first, like you could get him. I, I, I think, I think that that's something yeah, that could get You see that, you see that in the trade finder a couple of times. You also see better deals. The most recent trade in the trade finder is Gaskin, Miles Gaskin, Clay's chase, Clay's pool. And in the two Oh one, I'll, I'll, I'll do that all day for Marquise. There's another one here, Marquise Brown for Damian Harris and KJ Hamler just a couple of days ago. So, I mean, these are outliers I'm sure, but I think a 23 first is a good starting point, And I think that probably gets it done. Matt, is there a guy that really sticks out to you? Somebody you're trying to go get right now? I went, I went dumpster diving uh, for, for this exercise. Okay, I picked, uh, I picked James Washington, uh, new, new Dallas Cowboys. Well, you're not going to have to give up a 23 first. I will not. I, there's, in fact, there's a couple of deals <laughs> in the trade finder for a 23 fourth round pick, which is just you know whatever. Um, but we, we know the situation in Dallas. Ceedee Lamb is there, obviously. Dalton Schultz is probably going to be the number two uh, receiving target in that offense until at least until Michael Gallup comes back. We were excited about the rookie Jalen Tolbert, but for the the first, I don't know, four to six games. I don't know how long it's going to take for Gallup to get back. It's going to be CeeDee Lamb and, and not a whole lot, a lot else at receiver other than James Washington. Um, have some stats from his time in Pittsburgh uh, in six games, only six games in his entire four years in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, did he see at least seven targets? And in those games, he averaged almost five receptions, about 70 yards, and about half a touchdown a game. Uh, so I, I feel like at least in the early part of the season, until they get a little bit healthier there, until Gallup comes back, I think 
I think seven targets is, is, is pretty reasonable for a guy like Washington in that offense that's going to throw the ball. Uh, in, in, in May ADP, I think he's, we probably have some updated ones here, but I don't have it pulled up. But in May ADP, he was wide receiver 112 at 256 overall. I just took him in the 19th round of one of our startups here for, for ADP generation in June. So he's basically, he's basically free. Yeah, free and and it's the early opportunity that we're banking on right there, right? It's the yeah. it's the chance to get on the field early, carve out a role and get get a little bit of chemistry going with Dak. I'm a little bit hesitant that that all all will come together that early and you know, there there's so many options there in Dallas. So I, I'm not banking on anything there, but when you talk about those kind of prices, I, I don't have any kind of problem with going and adding a guy that, that is a you know, shot in the dark or a dart throw at some early season production. And maybe you can flip him for a higher draft pick after that. Maybe, maybe he proves himself enough that he gets a better opportunity the following year in 2023. I I guess I don't have a problem with it. I just, I'm not maybe as confident that, that he's going to get those opportunities that you are. That's fair. Yeah, I I would, I would mostly agree with Dan at the price. You can't, you know, you really can't argue with it much. Um, I guess, honestly, I kind of gave up on James Washington because he, he's throughout his entire career, he's been a player that, uh, that I've liked and that has been uh, on, on my dynasty rosters. But when a couple of years ago, when, when Big Ben got hurt, Mason Rudolph ends up in the lineup. I believe at least one of the wide receivers was out at, at that for that stretch as well. Uh, it's Mason Rudolph and, and it's James Washington, right? The, the college combo. And he still couldn't really get it done with this college quarterback that, that just kind of sealed the deal for me with, with James Washington. But, uh, I, I like the situation short term. Uh, so I, I get it for a fourth I think, rounder. I think that was 2019 and that was, the, that was a bad year for the Steelers. They finished like eight and eight or something, but somehow I know it's not an exciting total 735 yards, but he did lead the team and receiving yards that year. My guy for the uh, for for the guy I want to trade for this offseason, I'm, I'm, I'm on the other end of the spectrum once again. Uh, going to cost a little bit more. I'm going with a running back, J.K. Dobbins from mm. Baltimore. Um, of course, we all know about the gruesome knee injury that he suffered in preseason last year, and and that was that was rough. It really his his dynasty value took a hit, but. All reports are that he's recovering, that he's expected to be back early this season, if not already in training camp. And, you know, for, for my money, guys, we, we remember um, his rookie season when, when he started so slow. He didn't get a lot of opportunities for the first half of the year. Of course, Mark Ingram was there in Baltimore that season. Gus Edwards was getting opportunities as well. But late in the year, starting in week 11 through week 17, those six matchups, he, was, he, he, he showed exactly what he could be top 21 running back all six weeks had two top six finishes at the position touchdowns in six straight games to finish that rookie season. And then we didn't get to see him as a sophomore. He, he suffered that injury in the preseason. The dynasty value took that hit, but he still finished as an RB two in 2020 uh, in 2020, his rookie season, despite that slow finish, because He's in a run-heavy offense with a run-first quarterback, really, um, with defenses having to having to key in on that quarterback running game. That creates opportunities for J.K. Dobbins. It's going to this year. For my money, guys, I think he's going to win comeback player of the year. 
I think he's going to be an RB1 for fantasy. And potentially, he is one of the oh, handful, maybe 10 or so running backs that you could say, that guy legit has a shot to be the number one running back in fantasy. J.K. Dobbins is that guy because of the role that he'll have, the amount of touches he'll get. And right now, we can get J.K. Dobbins at the end of the third round in startups. On on the trade market, he went straight up for Travis Etienne, straight up for A.J. Brown a couple of times. So, um, you know, some people paying a little bit more. They must be with me on on what J.K. Dobbins could be this year. Also, straight up for the 105, or excuse me, he along with Gus Edwards for the 105, and then Dobbins for a 2023 first a couple times. There was also a couple outliers. They're not even really worth mentioning. Dobbins for like Friermuth and Ramondre Stevenson or something like that. We're he's available right now um, in the third round at any pick. He has a 36 ADP. Sometimes you can get him in the fourth round of a startup. Um, we're going to do a startup exercise, and we're going to talk about J.K. Dobbins again. But I love the value both on the trade market and where you can get him in startup drafts. I have a question that's probably dumb, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Because at this time last mm-hmm. year... We're used to it, man. <laughs> At this time last year, if I can't remember if, if Dobbins was injured yet. I don't remember. It was, it was early, I remember, but maybe not nope. this early. Uh, it was preseason week one. I okay. Think, that he got hurt. So, so yeah. like at this point, off season, last offseason, they had re-signed uh, uh, Gus Edwards. It was pretty clear that they were going to be using both backs. Both backs were presumably healthy this year. Gus Edwards has been completely written off, basically, by the dynasty. I, mean, I don't even know if he's been drafted in, in our recent mocks or not. Um, but is is he going do you think he's going to be involved a significant enough to in a significant enough way to affect Dobbins at all I think there's going to be plenty of rushing volume to go around for Lamar and JK and and Edwards and maybe even another back um but I just wonder if we're forgetting about that and if there's any reason to you know go out and pick up Gus Edwards off your waivers or toss a fourth round pick at him or something like that I don't have a problem with having Gus Edwards Clearly, he's going to have a role, but wouldn't you anticipate that this is a team that's going to try to run the ball 40 times yeah. a game? Yeah. And if we think that that J.K. Dobbins is getting the lion's share of those touches, it's probably in the 18 to 20 for Dobbins and the 8 to 10 for um, for Gus Edwards. And sure, Gus will score or, or have that one big run, and it'll make J.K. Dobbins managers you know crazy for, for an hour while they watch football on Sundays. But... Um, when it comes down to it, my anticipation is that J.K. Dobbins finishes the season as a top 12 running back. And, and I think that's – I don't think that's being being all that um, – I'm not standing out on a ledge on that very far. It's, it's pretty obvious to everybody that those opportunities are going to be there. And all he really has to do is stay healthy and I guess recover from, from, a, from a bad injury that, that sometimes it takes guys more than 12 months to get ready once again and get back to full form. I just think there's so many things going uh, going for J.K. Dobbins right now uh, when it comes to his dynasty value. And, Dan, you've talked about a lot of it already. I mean, everything that the Ravens have done this offseason shows us and tells us that they want to get back to that run-heavy offense. Uh, I think one thing that we, that we see a lot of times when these running backs uh, – miss the season or miss most of the season is someone steps up and and takes their job or at least makes it a committee. And that certainly did not happen in Baltimore. And, and actually all three of those running backs that we talk about so often that miss time 
last year, uh, Akers, uh, Dobbins, and, and Travis Etienne. It didn't really happen in any of those cases. They're all looking like they're ready to roll as, as the starters for their teams. But um, I guess I'm just mostly surprised that Dobbins' value has not bounced back more than it than it has you you talked about his ADP in the in the late third round even even Cam Akers who's uh, I'm I mean I still consider his injury much more serious even yeah. though he was able to to get back on the field uh, he's he's being drafted a half a round earlier um, I just I, I don't see where and, and maybe that gap is not significant but I have much more confident confidence in Dobbins versus Akers right now and I, you know, I, I take it a little bit further, even there's guys a full round earlier at the running back position in ADP and, and June ADP is about ready to hit the website. It's going to, uh, in the coming days. Um, but Nick Chubb is at 24, Delvin Cook at 25 and, and then Kenneth Walker, the rookie is at 32, all those guys above JK Dobbins. And honestly, I'd rather have Dobbins at this point, uh, a Agreed. younger option than a couple of those names and a, and a guy that's in a frankly a better offense with a better opportunity so so i i think he's a he's about around later than where i would start thinking about him guys this episode is sponsored by underdog fantasy the easiest way to play fantasy sports if you've never played underdog before now is a perfect time to try it out just sign up using the promo code dlf and deposit a minimum of ten dollars and you can start playing daily fantasy, pick them head-to-head player props or season-long best ball right now. Underdog also fully matches your deposit up to 100 bucks. So uh, on top of that, uh, new Underdog users get a free year of DLF Premium, that subscription, uh, with just a $10 deposit. All you have to do is visit the DLF website, click on the Underdog promo image, and sign up from there. Or you can simply visit underdogfantasy.com and use promo code DLF when you sign up. If you already have a DLF premium subscription, that's no problem. We're going to add another year to your existing subscription. Don't forget, you have to enter that promo code DLF. That's DLF in order to receive your free DLF premium subscription. And then you can come play with with us in uh, in 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 these fun games that Underdog has. Uh, right now, the two $2 million uh, season-long best ball mania that they're running right now where I'm, I'm drafting J.K. Dobbins all over the place. So uh, got to have got to have that um, underdog um, subscription. Got to have DLF. You can get it all for just 10 bucks right now. Underdogfantasy.com, code DLF. The DLF Dynasty Podcast Mock Draft. Yeah, we just keep getting sucked into these mock drafts, and we like to do creative ones from time to time. We did last week. Uh, we're going to do another one this week. We're going to do like a reverse mock draft. We all we all got draft picks. We're going to use the brand new June ADP, and we're going to do 10 rounds. But, but we just kind of put a little flair on it where we just looked at that ADP, looked at our draft pick in every round and just had to pick somebody after that spot in the draft. Ryan, you drew the 101. Matt, you drew the 105. And I got the ninth pick in the first round. So we'll go round by round and build these teams. And then at the end, we'll we'll look over our strategy for building our rosters and, and see who we think had the, had the best build. So 
Ryan, you know, I I don't envy your position, honestly. At the 101, there are multiple options that you could go with. Lot, lots of us this offseason are faced with this dilemma. Do you want to go with the young wide receiver with the longer um, shelf life? Or do you want to go with the running back that is likely to put up an RB1 overall type season if he stays healthy and looks like a, just a beast but probably doesn't last nearly as long? Yeah, it's a pretty easy decision for me. And if I am doing a new startup, I, I hope to have one of those top three picks to to get one of those guys. Uh, but if I've got the 101, uh, I'm I'm taking Jamar Chase. And that's who I took in this exercise in our current ADP. Again, that'll be on the site soon, as Dan mentioned. Uh, he's the second overall player. Jonathan Taylor is back on top. Uh, but it, it's really, for me, just a question of uh, Chase versus Jefferson. Uh, I would be glad with either to have either one, but I'll I'll take Jamar Chase here, uh, and that's that's where I would start my team. So the next four picks in this mock, guys, really go as as we expect, right? Jonathan Taylor, Justin Jefferson, and then Najee Harris is off the board. So Matt, you have anybody else to choose at the one hundred five? Who are you going with there? Yeah, I get to take advantage a little bit. I think there's a bit of an inefficiency in the market here at the top. I think Pitts is the fourth player we should be taking in drafts, and I'm going to be able to get him at five here. Uh, Najee at four is too rich for me, um, so I'm happy to get Pitts at, at five. Yeah, it's a little rich for me with Najee, but I, I would argue maybe that CeeDee Lamb belongs at four, and I like Pitts right there at five. Either way, it's good value. For you, um, things kind of fall your way, drawing the fifth pick and getting your guy Pitts. That worked out Worked out pretty good. Good way to start your team. Uh, after Pitts, it goes CeeDee Lamb, Christian McCaffrey, and Javante Williams. So I had uh, I had an interesting battle inside my own brain, I guess. I, I was, you know, typically I like to build, like you guys do, with the receivers early. Um, and there sat DeAndre Swift, who I value as a top 10 player, but don't necessarily want to want to dive into the running back market early a lot like what ryan was talking about there so i went down the board just a few picks the adp of 11 overall aj brown with philadelphia we've talked about being a little bit cautious with brown and and maybe his opportunity steps back just a little bit moving to philadelphia nevertheless he's one of the most talented wide receivers in what should be a good offense and long term projecting him out he just looks like an alpha receiver that's going to be a guy we talk about wanting to put in our lineup as a wide receiver one every single week. So I'll start it with A.J. Brown. After that, we see DeAndre Swift and Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams, who has a first-round ADP. Brees Hall goes off the board and a, and, and a few other players before I'm back on the clock at 16 overall. Um I, I, I thought about going T. Higgins. I thought about considering DK Metcalf as well. There were there were a few options, really, but I went with one of my guys that I, I just want on all of my teams, and that's Jalen Waddell, whose ADP is at 22, Matt. And you talked about, I think, last week on the show that, that he's five or six or maybe even seven spots too late. Either way, at 16, I feel like... Four. He's four. He's wide receiver four. He's, he's wide receiver four for you. He's wide receiver. He's in that range for me as well. And that feels like feels like I need to capitalize on v- that value if I can get him here. So I, I start with A.J. Brown and Jalen Waddle, two young receivers. Um, Waddle with an ADP of 22. I take him at 16. Some might not like that, but it was my only chance to get him, so I got him here. 
Matt, you're going to be the next one on the clock again at number 20. So um, middle of the of the second round, you already got Kyle Pitts on your roster. Which way are you going with this pick? Dan, did you, or excuse me, Ryan, did you have something to say real quick? No, I was, I was just going, going to add that um, Dan mentioned maybe a little bit of a reach for Jalen Waddle there. I guess you can consider that by the ADP. I, I really like this exercise because um, it, it helps you kind of find those pockets of value. And uh, if if your target is around later than where you're picking, obviously that's a spot where you would – uh, you would want to trade down if you're preparing for an actual startup draft. So uh, I know there were a few of these picks uh, that we'll we'll get to soon where I, I really had to reach. I had to go down several picks uh, to get the player that I wanted. So, uh, again, if if you're doing something like this to prep for your uh, for your startup draft, then uh, identify those places where you might want to trade up or down. Yeah, and I I miss I I, I kind of misunderstood the exercise when we were first starting this up off, and I got Jalen I had Jalen Jalen Waddle originally, so I was a little bit upset when Dan got him. Um, but I went with Saquon Barkley. Uh, you know, this was the this was the one hundred and one not not too long ago. He was a first rounder as a rookie. We've had a couple of seasons here where, um, you know, he's been injured. The offense has been completely terrible. Uh, but the the buzz has been pretty good lately, I think. Uh, Saquon's saying that he feels better than he has since his rookie season. And in his rookie season, remember, guys, he caught 91 receptions. We got a new offensive coordinator in here that seems like they want to throw the ball to the running back position, and that's going to be Saquon. So if we can get a full, healthy season with Saquon, I know that's a big if. He hasn't done it since his rookie season, and this offense is is going to take a step forward um, under the new the new coaching staff. Then I'm pretty excited what Barkley could do this season. I think middle of the second round, it's probably the cheapest he's ever been in Dynasty. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan. So I'm willing to take the shot on the upside here of him and grab my first running back in the second at the 20th overall pick. With with this exercise, Matt, you get the you get the benefit of hindsight, right? You can you can look forward and see, oh, yep. I can get that guy later, so I can afford to go tight end <laughs> running back early in a draft. And, you know, typically, True. if I was on the clock in the middle of the second, already had a tight end on my roster, and I'm considering a, a running back and staying away from wide receiver, that would make me nervous, awfully nervous. That that maybe I'd be caught on the outside looking in when it came to the wide receiver position. Clearly, you know what you're going to be able to get later on, but but that has to be in the back of your mind. I agree with you, but just you know, based on the rules of this exercise, there wasn't anybody in my range that I would be interested in at wide receiver. Waddle was really the only one. I don't want to take Tyreek Hill here. I don't want to take DJ Moore here. Um, we'll talk about them in a minute. Agreed. But I, I didn't have access to guys like DK Metcalf and T. Higgins and, and Debo and those guys. And, and if that was the case, I might have gone that direction, but I just didn't really have the options other than Waddle. And since you picked before me, you snaked him out from under me and – to me, he felt like Saquon felt like the best option after that. So Stefan Diggs is off the board. Mark Andrews is off the board. Joe Mixon, I mentioned Waddle. Tyreek is off the board, Ryan. And you got to come up at 24 and 25 on that turn. Already with Jamar Chase on the roster. Looking good at that position. Are you going to, are you going to jump back into the wide receiver market or is there something else you could do? I'm absolutely going to stick with the wide receivers. Uh, I mean, that's <laughs> I figured that, as much. Yeah, that's how I always build my team is around that wide receiver position in a one quarterback 
league. Uh, obviously, if it's if we're talking super flex, it would be a little different. Uh, but I'm I'm looking for those uh, younger wide receivers who can be a value to my team either through uh, their production or through their their potential trade value uh, for years to come. So I'm coming up at the at the two three turn. I'm looking to double up on wide receivers. And there's two guys I like here right in this range. Uh, so DJ Moore would be the first. Uh, Deontay Johnson would be the second one. And I'll get both of those guys at 24 and 25. Those guys come in right around there in ADP as well. After after Chubb and, and Delvin Cook, there, there were DJ Moore and Deontay Job, Johnson, 26 and 27. So the board really falls your way, right, when you're when you're playing this thing out. I'm wondering when you when you when you did this exercise and you put down Jamar Chase's name at one, and then you saw once you got down to twenty four and twenty five that you could get those two receivers and, and you'll we'll get to a few more after that. Did you consider going back up to the top and taking JT rather than Jamar Chase just to get that ace running back? I didn't. Uh, I mean that's that's not how I <laughs> that's not how I would build it's just a team. not how I do it. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, I wanted wanted to be true to that. Obviously, nothing wrong with having having Jonathan Taylor on your team. That would be great. But uh, to do it uh, at the at the loss of Jamar Chase or or Justin Jefferson is not a move I would make in, in team building. And you know, going back to Matt's start of Pitts and Barkley for a second, and you know, you question him on, on not having a wide receiver through two rounds, even though that that's the route I've gone three wide receivers with my first three picks. Anytime we have these types of conversations, the depth of the wide receiver position uh, it really, really comes to light. So while I would not, uh, you know, I would likely not start with a tight end uh, running back build, just knowing that even in rounds four, five, six, you can get some some solid wide receivers uh, with upside. It, it, you know, it, it makes me feel a little bit better about Matt, what Matt's doing over there. Sure. Uh, after you take the two wide receivers, we see Chubb and Delvin Cook go off the board. Then Alvin Kamara. So a little bit of a run at at uh, running back. And then Matt's back on the clock in the third round. 305, 29 overall with Kyle Pitts and Saquon Barkley on the roster. Where are you going here, Matt? I felt too bad after I finally understood the exercise, Dan, that I, I would have actually taken your guys because I had access to him. But uh, I didn't want to – I didn't want to – mess up your draft. So I did take Cam Akers here. I would have taken who you take next. But, uh, you know, I went with the running back build again, and it's just like what Ryan said, the, the wide receiver depth uh, kind of pushed me in that direction. Uh, once I got down there looking at my options after Cam Akers, you know, at wide receiver, I, I could have taken Michael Pittman, who I do like this year. But after that, we're getting into the rookies like Traylon Burks. We're getting into Chris Godwin, who's not going to be available for the first part of the season. And clearly, I've kind of telegraphed my move early on that this is going to be a, a kind of a win now team with, you know, some 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 youth mixed in, but but primarily looking to, to score points and, and win in the first season. So uh, Cam Akers, you know, came back from that, obviously came back from that really difficult uh, Achilles injury, way more uh, terrible than than what J.K. Dobbins went through. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that what we saw is not what he is. I'm hoping he's continuing to get healthy over the offseason. He's going to get a full uh, offseason of workload with with the team there. And he's 
he's really in it running back. You know, I, I, I still have like a little bit of hope for Daryl Henderson if Akers does kind of falter or he needs to have a little bit of reduced workload. But, you know, on the surface, we have a Super Bowl uh, winning team. Uh, most of the pieces are back intact. They've in fact added extra, uh, some extra pieces to make us feel a little bit even better about, about the offense in general. Um, so if, as long as acres is back to the player that we, we think he was before that Achilles, then I think this is a fine pick here. And I've got locked down those, those two running back spots with, with two players that have immense upside. Yeah. You, you, uh, you wanted Jalen Waddle early too. And I took, took him from you. I so I don't know why you're so good to me. And let me get my guy. Because I'm nicer than you are. I guess Dan. so. I'm nicer. That's how it I'm goes. Nicer. Um, after you take Akers, then Drake London and Patrick Mahomes, Kenneth Walker the third, all go off the board, and we get to we get back to me being on the clock with AJ Brown and Jalen Waddle on the team. I am going with J.K. Dobbins. His ADP is 36. I'll take him at 33 right here for all the reasons I mentioned earlier, and then and then things kind of start. Um, start falling into place, right? Michael Pittman, Travis Kelsey, and Derrick Henry all off the board. Then Josh Allen at quarterback two, Traylon Burks, another rookie wide receiver, and Travis Etienne. Before I get back on the clock in the fourth round, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna dip into what Ryan was talking about early earlier. Hollywood Brown, um, his ADP right now, guys, is 52, and I'm on the clock at 40. And Ryan, you mentioned earlier that if you're going to get some, you get your guy in, in something like this, you, you, sometimes you have to reach. And I considered other names. Jamison Williams is in this range. Rashad Bateman is in this range as well. Uh, even the guy that, that Matt ends up taking here in round four, I considered him for a moment as well. But when it comes down to it, I want a guy you with a no, little you bit didn't. of youth. That, <laughs> you did not. <laughs> I want a guy with a little bit of youth in a good situation. And Marquise Brown has that. I get him as my wide receiver three, and I, I feel great about where I'm at at the position. So uh, we can move on from there. No comment otherwise. Chris Godwin <laughs> goes off the board, then Rashad Bateman, then Antonio Gibson and Garrett Wilson. So that leaves Matt on the clock with three players already, Kyle Pitts, Saquon Barkley, and Cam Akers. I finally took a wide receiver. I went with Mike Evans. I just think he's going to have. I considered him, especially guys. in the early part of this. I saw. His, I don't believe I you. You just told us that he's your most annoying <laughs> fantasy player of all time. He is. Man, I hate that guy. You call him lazy all the time. You hate Mike Evans. Don't pretend that you were considering Mike Evans here. Uh, but he finished as the wide receiver nine last year in PPR leagues. The Chris Godwin is out until we don't know when. They did bring in Russell Gage. I'm not really worried about that. You know, maybe Gronk is back. Leonard Fournette is apparently fat. So I just think Evans is going to have a million targets in the first half of the season uh, and is probably going to finish as a, as a wide receiver one again and to be able to get that in the fourth round, a guy that is, I think, is perennially undervalued uh, by Dynasty. And, and I, know that, I know he's getting up there in age at this point, uh, but somebody I think is just going to crush the first half of the season. So to take him as my wide receiver one on this kind of win now build, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I didn't consider him. I, maybe Terry McLaurin way before, <laughs> before Mike Evans. But uh, after you take Mike Evans, then we see McLaurin go off the board, followed by George Kittle and Justin Herbert. Then, Ryan, you're on the clock at the turn once again, um, 48 and 49, probably thinking about that wide receiver position. <laughs> I am. This, I mean, this is certainly the, the spot, the range where I would 
start to consider a running back or, or even other positions. Um, but, but looking at the options, it's mostly wide, wide receivers. You know, we don't see too many running backs here. David Montgomery's in this range. Uh, Aaron Jones is in this range. I expect both to have uh, very good 2022 seasons. Uh, but along with building at the wide receiver position, I want to draft players that I think can gain value in the next in the next year or two, uh, not players that will lose value. I do expect Montgomery and Jones to uh, to take a dip over the next year when it comes to value. So I'll stick with the wide receiver position. Uh, Jerry Judy and Elijah Moore. Uh, really excited about about the offenses for both of those players, uh, especially Judy. Had had a little bump in the road a couple weeks ago, but looks like uh, nothing's really going to come of that, fortunately for him and and for the Broncos. And, of course, I mean, we've talked about the addition of Russell Wilson and, and what that's going to mean for Cortland Sutton, for Judy, for that entire offense. And uh, and as far as Elijah Moore goes, you know, we, we've, seen the, we've seen the value drop once they drafted Garrett Wilson, and I just think it's dropped way too far one of the biggest values in dynasty right now a great value and you were able to wait his adp is 55 and get him at 49 so certainly in the range where he's being considered by by most dynasty managers i'm looking at this adp uh june adp ryan and he fell all the way to 71 in one of those mock drafts that is preposterous that that's just crazy to me it is Are, are you guys still judy over sudden I feel like I've flipped. I, I am. I, I prefer Judy, and clearly yeah. uh, Ryan does too. Yeah, I, I think they're close, but I, I'd rather have Judy. What 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 pushes you to Sutton? It, it just seems like with I don't know. I just have a. It, it, it's really just a gut feeling, I guess. Like I just we have some bad, you know, kind of juju with not not Smith Schuster Smith, but 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 some bad juju with Jerry Judy this off season a little bit, uh, and it just seems like from all the camp reports and everything, like Sutton is really gelling with Wilson. He seems to be Wilson's preferred guy. So you know, maybe it's it's more of a, a just a twenty twenty two thing. Uh, but I think for this season, at least, I'm starting to prefer Sutton over Judy. Matt, in what order is Juju's last names? <laughs> Schuster Smith. <laughs> Smith Schuster. Damn, I'm, I screw it up all the time. We all the move time. On. <laughs> Every time. Oh. So after, I don't have him on any teams. I don't need to. I don't ever look at his Elijah name. Moore. Uh, we see a few more wide receivers go off the, off the board, including Jamison Williams and Keenan Allen, uh, then David Montgomery as well. And then, and then Matt, you are up at number 53 overall. Who do you got here? Yeah, I got to get a little bit of youth on this team other than Pitts, uh, but I still want to have players that can produce. So I'm, I went with Chris Olave, get a rookie on my team that I think can can make it happen in year one. You know, maybe Michael Thomas is back, uh, probably is. I know Jarvis is there, puts a little bit, maybe a cap on Olave's ceiling. But I think he does different things than both of those players. He's someone I play like literally all over the field, I think, and went at all three levels uh, and is going to have a, a significant role, I think, in, in year one. And I think probably immediately is the the best downfield threat of, of any of the receiving options there. So uh, if they can get those high, high value deep throws from, from Jameis Winston, uh, I think he's, he's, he's viable in year one and certainly beyond that. 
So then we see Amari Cooper and Aaron Jones go off the board, Elijah Mitchell as well, and I'm on the clock. And with just one running back, I was I was looking through the running back list, and it, it gets it's starting to get pretty thin. After you get past Aaron Jones and really Elijah Mitchell, maybe you can add Ezekiel Elliott into this as well, who's just a few picks behind here in ADP. Uh, the only other name I really want to grab at this point is AJ Dillon. And I know he's in a timeshare and, and all those things. And we, ha- but we haven't seen the best of AJ Dillon just yet. I think a big season is coming. It'll be even more of a timeshare tilted towards Dillon, maybe even a little bit more with that power running game in green Bay with, without the weapons on the outside. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to a few seasons of AJ Dillon continuing to add to his dynasty value and I like getting him right here in the middle of the fifth round, uh, middle to end of the fifth round, I guess. So uh, Dylan's my selection here. After him, we see Devontae Smith, who was a consideration for me as well, followed by Zeke and uh, uh, TJ Hawkinson. Then we have Cortland Sutton and Leonard Fournette. And, and I'm back on the clock with a 64th pick. Uh, early in the sixth round right here, I'm I'm perusing all the names, and there's some worth considering for sure. I uh, I thought about going with Juju Smith-Schuster. I thought about going with Brandon Cooks and Sky Moore as well. Darren Waller was a consideration at the tight end position if I wanted to go that way. But the more I thought about it, the more I wanted that youthful, uh, youthful wide receiver to add to this roster. I'm going to go with another Packer. Surprise, surprise, I guess. It's Christian Watson. And his ADP, guys, is all the way down at 80. So I'm I'm really reaching on this one. And I could have gone with a guy a few spots ahead of him that is sure to have a much better 2022, probably a better 2023 as well. That's Allen Robinson. Consider doing something like that. But I want Watson on all my teams. And if it means I got to pay a premium to get him, I'm going to miss him by one pick my next time around. And I know that Maybe Matt would consider him. Maybe maybe even Ryan would with his run, wide receiver run. So uh, I needed to get him here. I'll take him at 64 as my wide receiver four. I thought you said you wanted to add Yeah, you're youth. not. I did. He's, <laughs> oh. he's young compared to me. <laughs> young compared to Allen Robinson, I guess. Uh, that, good one. Um, so I get him at 64. <laughs> then we see Darnell Mooney and Mike Williams. Uh, Josh Jacobs goes off the board, followed by Darren Waller. And Matt, you're up at 68. Uh, you got the two wide receivers. You have two running backs and a tight end. Where are we going now? You're right. I would have grabbed Watson here, and I had him penciled in before uh, before the, the, the rules became clear to me. But I went with my first quarterback here, I guess my only quarterback here in this exercise, Lamar Jackson going off the board as the quarterback four uh, in ADP this month. Uh, and he's still my, my, still my quarterback one. So uh, to get him as the quarterback four feels pretty good. Uh, and I've got uh, what, I, what I still believe is the, high, the quarterback with the highest ceiling in the NFL. Yeah, I like that. You're the first to dip into the quarterback position, but right at his ADP and certainly has a way higher ceiling than 68 overall. So so feels good to get him there, I'm sure. Uh, we're coming around to the turn once again after Lamar Jackson. We see Kyler Murray and Juju Smith-Schuster. Brandon Cooks is off the board. And, and Ryan, you gotta you got to hit this turn once again. You've gone with five straight wide receivers, and and uh, let's see where your build goes from here. 
Yeah, I'm going to make it six straight wide receivers here. Uh, pro- probably no surprise, but you mentioned the name earlier, Dan. I'm, I'm going to take Allen Robinson here uh, with this first pick. This would be the uh, the 6.12 pick. And I talked earlier uh, about drafting those players that I, I think can gain value. And typically that means younger players, rookies, second-year players. And that certainly doesn't fit for Allen Robinson, who is uh, one of those class of 2014 guys that really – uh, really changed the dynasty game, uh, but he, I, I, I do think even at his age and he's he's twenty seven or twenty eight now, I still think he can gain value, especially down in, at this late sixth round ADP where he is right now, and he's actually younger than his teammate that we're drafting in the first round. He's younger than Cooper Cup, uh, so I, I think when you when you think about it that way, and what we've seen from that Rams offense that has supported uh, multiple wide receivers really consistently over the past uh, two or three or four seasons. I feel really good about Allen Robinson's short-term production and then uh, what that can do for his long-term dynasty value. So love getting A-Rob here. I'm going to go away from the wide receiver position finally uh, with this, uh, with this seventh pick 7.01. And I'm going to follow Matt's lead and take a quarterback. I'll go with Joe Burrow here. Uh, you know, Dan, we've been doing a lot of those underdog drafts. You talked about it a few minutes ago. Stacking is a is a big part of that strategy. We don't talk about stacking too much in Dynasty, but to to package Burrow with Jamar Chase, who I drafted first, uh, I feel like I'm set with those those two spots uh, for years to come. Yeah, that combo is going to win you matchups four or five, maybe six times every single year. I like that build. That's a little early for you, I would say, typically, Ryan, to go quarterback. But to get a guy with Burroughs upside and all that youth makes a lot of sense, especially when you have Jamar Chase on the roster. After after Joe Burrow, we see Sky Moore and Amon Ross St. Brown, Gabriel Davis with an ADP of 74 overall. Uh, he's off the board as well. And Matt, you're up at 77. Who you got here, bud? Yep, got to got to keep hitting some wide receivers. Uh, want some combination of youth and 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 uh, uh, production for this year. And I went with Brandon Ayuk, who we know that it was kind of a tale of, of two halves for him in, in 2021. Uh, the first eight games, he was the wide receiver 68 which is not great. Uh, but over the last 10 games from week nine through 18, he was the wide receiver 15 overall uh, in, in, in total points. So uh, I, I think it, we're, we're, we're closer to that wide receiver 15 than we are to the wide receiver 68 uh, for his long-term potential. I don't necessarily think he's going to be that early wide receiver too, but I think he's, a, he's, he's kind of a locked-in, like low-end wide receiver too at the very worst. So to get him here in the, the whatever round we're in, the seventh round, um, it feel, feels pretty good to add to the squad. After that, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and James Conner go – um, and I'm up at the 81st pick in in the draft. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to running back, get my RB three, a guy who I think think is not significantly, but but he is underrated at this point. It's Miles Sanders, good offense. I think he has a nice 2022. Uh, still still a young, relatively young player, and especially in that offense, I I want pieces of it. I think that offense is going to be really good. And Miles Sanders will be a big part of it. So to get him as my RB3, potentially the guy I play as my RB2 while I figure it out with A.J. Dillon, I like that that build and having three running backs at this point. By the time it comes back to me at the 88th pick, we've seen a lot of guys go off the board, James Cook and George Pickens. 
Chase Claypool and Jahan Dotson, Michael Thomas as well. Uh, and then we see Dallas Goddard go off the board right before I get on the clock at 88. I would have loved to have Goddard to add to this team, but just couldn't do it. Um, he went right before. I have to I have to go down a few spots to Pat Fryermuth. His his ADP is 92, so there's kind of this cluster of tight ends, and I would I would prefer Goddard in it. Maybe some would take Dalton Schultz, who is available to me as well. I went with the younger guy in got in Fryermuth that. That I think, even if he isn't a huge part of that passing game, he will be a big part of their red zone package. And double-digit touchdowns is a possibility for for Friar Muth. So I like getting him here. I'd have to pair him with a veteran tight end that I feel like playing every week if this were a real league. After that, we see Dalton Schultz and Christian Kirk go off the board. Adam Thielen is gone as well, followed by Jalen Hurts. Matt, you're on the board at 92 overall in the eighth round. Who we have here? Yeah, we need some more wide receiver production. So I went with with an old guy, DeAndre Hopkins, at the 92nd overall pick. A year ago, DeAndre Hopkins was the wide receiver 10 at 24th overall. So I mean, I I, I get it. He's old. He's 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 going to miss the first uh, what is it six games, six seven games, whatever it is. Uh, so it, I'm going to be waiting a little bit on this production. But when it comes, I think he's going to go back to closer to the 2020 version than to the 2021 version we saw uh, of Hopkins. Um, so this late for a win now team, it, it feels okay to take a shot on Nuke. Dax off the board. So is Tyler Lockett. Ryan, you're on the corner again. Rounds 8 and 9, 96 and 97 overall. Definitely feeling a little pressure at this point to find a running back. I have no no running backs, no tight ends uh, yet in this build. And um, even with uh, with kind of my normal plan, this is this is the range where I would get a running back. Uh but I can't pass on Kadarius Tony. Uh, I like the upside. Um, we talked about Barkley and that Giants offense uh, earlier in the show and, and in this draft. Really excited to see what Brian Dable and, and that coaching staff does with that uh, with the Giants roster. Uh, so I, I'll I'll go with Tony here with the last pick of the eighth round. After that, Ryan, we, we're running out of time. I'll recap the last couple rounds. We wanted to get 10 rounds in. You did finally take your, your running back in to begin round nine. Finally Tony got Pollard's off the board. Uh, Matt, you went with David Bell in the ninth round. I took Trey Lance as my quarterback uh, late in round nine, followed by John Mechie in round 10. Matt, you took Rondale Moore in, in round 10. And then Ryan, Brian Robinson, another running back. You got two of them. So uh, I'd love to recap what our philosophy (laughs) was going into things. I really like how my team turned out. Matt, I know you're, you're going towards that win now approach and Ryan, you're building around the wide receivers and trying to get guys that, that are gaining value, uh, look, look to be gaining value coming up. So uh, we're gonna throw this out on Twitter. See see what our what our Twitter followers think. Who built the built the best team through ten rounds? You can follow at Ryan MC twenty three to get at Ryan at Matt Price FF. That's Matt. I'm at D Myler twenty two. Also follow the pod at DLF Podcast. Get your questions of the weekend. Uh, comment on this draft. Let us know what you think we did. This has been the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We appreciate everybody for listening, and we'll catch you again. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.